Uh, good morning. Uh, today's Dauphin Beitzah's base. We begin the uh, Numisechta. Uh, five prakim uh, that we are about to embark on, and the topic of discussion throughout this uh, Masechta is going to be the Allah of Yantav. Okay. Now, obviously, we just covered uh, Masechta Sukkah, so we dedicated ourselves to Masechta talking about the Yantav of Sukkah. Uh, we also covered uh, recently uh, Masechta Pesachim, which obviously dedicates to Pesachim. So, what's Yantav about? What's Beitz about? So, the answer is very simple. Uh, that when we have the Masechtas that are specific to each particular uh, Yantif, so they're in relationship to the Mitzvah Sayom. So we just covered Sukkah, so we know. Uh, first two Prakim Sukkah deal with the Sukkah. Uh, the third parak deals with the Dalminim. And the fourth and fifth parak uh, talk about the overall Yantif of Sukkahs in the base of Mikdash. So in other words, it talks specifically about the Mitzvah Sayom. And the same thing is true with Pesachim and Yuma. Uh, we, we, can, we, can go around. we can go around every Yantif. Uh, the, uh, so, but... Um, uh, by Pesachim. So the first nine Prakim of Pesachim dealt with the Karim Pesach, and the tenth Prakim talked about what the Seder looks like. So it talks specifically about the Mitzvah Sayyam. But, but in terms of Yantav in general, so which Mitzvah covers Yantav in general, meaning the Surim of Yantav and the Terim of Yantav. So the answer is our Mitzvah. So Beitz is talking about the general status of Yantav and the do's and don'ts of, uh, of Yantav in of itself. Uh, obviously, the only uh, Yantav of the year that is absent of a Mitzvah, well, Yantav in the Torah, is of course Shavuos. But that's not our topic. Our topic over here is going to be Yantif in general, and Shavuos, which has no Mitzvah Sayom, so obviously does not have its own uh, Mesechta dedicated to it, even on the, even on the Yantif's de Rabbanans. Uh, Hanukkah and, uh, and Purim, so Purim has its own Mesechta. Hanukkah does not have its own Mesechta. Uh, a lot of speculation, interesting speculation, which I'm not going to go over now, in terms of why Hanukkah does not have its own Mesechta, but it does not. Uh, yeah, even, though, even though Hanukkah has Mitzvah Sayom. Okay. It needs it needs an explanation, and uh, there, there there are those that are out there. But anyway, that's not our topic for today. So uh, so be that as it may. So what we're going to be doing over the course of our masechta is that we're going to be uh, covering the basic isurim in a term of yantiv. That's the uh, five prakim coming up. It's a uh, relatively shorter masechta, uh, but it's still five prakim. Okay, uh, that's number one. Number two, in terms of an introduction. So uh, I'm going to say uh, the, the the name of the masechta is beitza. The, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of an oddity in that the Masechta is named Beitzah simply because it's the first word in the Mishnah, right? We do that, we do that by partios, right? That's a, uh, that's a com- that's a common move, that maneuver that we do. But generally speaking, we don't do that by, uh, by Masechtas. But generally speaking, uh, we, the Masechta's name is after its general, uh, topic of discussion. Okay. So it's, uh, an- another bit of an oddity and also in pronunciation. So you may you may hear people say that it's uh, not Beitza Babea and pronouncing with an I as opposed to a Tzadi. Okay, uh, also uh, interesting discussion why why that's the case. But uh, the uh, my my Rebbeim said Beitza. I'm going to say Beitza. Okay, that's you know okay. Beitza should all be Yamtov. So uh, first topic of discussion over here in the Mishnah is that we're going to string together the three positions of of Beitzilo, and it happens to be that in these three positions, so it's going to be Machmer, and it also happens to be uh, that they all involve Yantav. Uh, we know that, typically speaking, Beitzilo is a Mekel over that of Beishamai, and that's the general disposition of Shitas Beitzilo, uh, but nevertheless, it doesn't mean that he's always going to be Mekel. It means that there's going to be, uh, that most of the time he's going to be Mekel, but there are an occasion, uh, which we're going to see together in our Mishnah, there are occasions where Beitzilo is a Machmer. And it happens to be that in this Mishnah, even though we're going to be talking about three topics that are not connected, but the loose connection between these three topics is that it is Shittas Beis and we do find that he's Machmer. So Beis Hashanol Biyamtav, Beis Shamay Ormim Tochel, Beis Omrim Lo Tochel. So issue number one, the egg is laid on Yantav. 
So uh, the machok b'shim beishamay beisolo, whether that egg can be eaten. So according to beishamay, the, the egg can be eaten, and according to beisolo, the egg cannot be eaten. Why can't the egg be eaten according to beisolo? So that's a great question. That's going to be the majority of today's daf. It will be exclusively today's daf. Once we start with the Gemara, the Gemara is going to be addressing that question. There are going to be four approaches to the, uh, to the question of why we can't eat an egg that's laid on Yantuf. So uh, today we're going to do two. Tomorrow we'll do the next two. Um, the, uh, that's issue number one. Issue number two. Beishamay Omrim. Sorry. Beishol Omrim Lo Sochel. Beishamay Omrim Mesor Bechazayz Vechamitz Bekakoseves. Now, how much chametz does one have to be in ownership of in order to violate the Isra of Baal Yera or Baal Yematzeh? Uh, we know that when it comes to chametz, there are three surim by chametz on Pesach. One is that you're not allowed to eat it, two, you're not allowed to get benefit from it, and three, you're not allowed to own it. So how much chametz would one be in violation in order to be violating the Isra of Baal Yera and Baal Yematzeh ownership? So here, here as well, machlok is between Beishamay and Beisalam. Beishamay says that when it comes to soor, soor is a leavening agent, sourdough. So the shears is kazais, but when it comes to chametz, Kakosavis. Again, this is not a share of Achila. This is a share of how much you have to have in order to be in violation of ownership. So, uh, so for Shitas Beishamai, you have to own a little bit more Chametz than a Kazai. It's a Kosevis, right? The volume of a date. Uh, we dealt with that share a lot when we did the eighth parak of Yuma. And Beisol says, no. Uh, the Shir for both Seor and for Chametz is going to be a Kazai. That obviously represents a Chumrah. Meaning that according to Beisolo, you'll be owning less of it and still be violating the Yisra Torah. And finally, the third issue in the Mishnah, So let's say you were to Shech Chayv So we know that there's a Mitzvah in the Torah, uh, that when you Shech either a wild animal uh, or a bird, so there's a Mitzvah of Kisu Adam. So the Mitzvah of the Torah is that uh, the blood that spills onto the floor, so you have to cover it in dirt. And uh, we're obviously not talking about carbonus over here. We're talking about chulin. Uh, we can't be talking about carbonus because the chaya is not eligible for a carbon. So we're talking about chulin, and there's a mitzvah in the Torah to cover the blood. So in Masech uh, chulin, we spent a perek talking about this mitzvah. Meanwhile, what happens when you do this on Yantav, Meaning on Yantav, you're allowed to shecht an animal, right? A uh, something that I could have I could have spoken about in the introduction, but let's you know as 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 we cover all these issues, so we'll uncover the halachas. So you're allowed to shecht an animal on Yantav, You're allowed to shecht a chai. You're allowed to shecht an elf on Yantav. Uh, the problem now becomes, how do you cover the blood? So that's what the Mishnah is dealing with. So Beisham is of the opinion that you take a shovel and uh, you uh, you put dirt uh, that was in the shovel on the blood, meaning you cover it. Now, according to Beisilo, uh, unless you had dirt that was prepared already before Yantiv, so you're not allowed to shech the animal uh, for um, in, in consideration of the fact that you won't be able to do the mitzvah of Kisar Adam. Uh, now, so Basil would agree to Beit Shammai that if you already have shovel in the dirt, so you can go ahead and cover it. What exactly are the issues over here in this in, in this third case in the Mishnah? Beit Shammai, Basil, shovel that was in the dirt, I could use it and cover the blood. According to according to according to Basil, only Bidiyevid. What's the issue over here? So we'll wait uh, because the Gemara is going to be discussing this at length. So it's not our topic for today. It did come up in the Mishnah. But the Gemara is going to explore this a lot, in, in a lot more detail. And then finally, the Mishnah makes one last point. You know the ashes that are found in the oven? So that's considered mukhan, that's not considered muksa. And so presumably what the Mishnah is telling us is that if I have ashes in the oven, so I could use those ashes in order to cover. Uh, the Torah says that you have to cover, but offer, you have to cover in dirt. 
So the Gemara Chulun says it doesn't have to be dirt. It could be ashes as well. Anyway, but the point of the Mishnah is that in terms of Muksa versus Muchan, the ashes are considered not Muksa, but rather Muchan. Okay. And again, the Gemara is going to be discussing that also in somewhat more detail. So when we get, when we get to the Gemara, we're going to, we're going to explore that, that, last, uh, that last statement of the Mishnah as well. Okay. As pointed out, so for today, in today's daf, we're really going to be focusing on one and, and one issue. And that's going to be the first psak of the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, an egg that's laid on Yantiv, so the egg is going to be, uh, the egg is going to be Aser. Aser ba'achila. And as Tosus points out, the first Tosus on the, uh, in, in the, um, in, in the Mesechta, so when the Mishnah talks about, uh, Shita's base, uh, base Hillel, that it's a low socha, that you're not allowed to eat it, so why wouldn't the Mishnah just simply say it's Aser? So the Gemara, so, so Tosus says, because if the Mishnah would have said just said the word Aser, so one would have considered Aser and Mutter, uh, is, um, Aser versus Mutter, so maybe according to, uh, maybe according to, um, uh, to, uh, to Hillel, Aser means I'm not allowed to eat it, but maybe I could be Mishtamish. Anyway, Tosu says, Tosu says that the Mishnah wanted to make it really clear that, that, that according to Shitas, uh, Beishamai, literally, uh, sorry, according to Shitas Beishillel, literally there's nothing you can do with the egg. You can't eat the egg, you can't move the egg, meaning it is mamish, it is mamish achefsa shal iser. Now, the, the, of course the question is, which is what we're going to be doing for the rest of today's daf, why? Why is, why is the egg aser? Aser beishtamshus, aser beachila. What, 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 what got to the egg, what got to the egg to the point of being aser? And let's, before we go through the Gemara's answer, let's sharpen the question even a little bit, a little bit better. Okay, it's Yantiv. It's not Shabbos right now. So on Yantiv, so what do we know? So one thing that we all know, which is, um, which, which the Gemara is going to be uh, uh, going over in detail on Dafyad Beis, is that on Yantiv you have what's called a heter of ochel nefesh. So on Yantiv we are allowed to cook and we're allowed to shecht, meaning we're allowed to do preparations on Yantiv uh, in order so that we can eat food. Now, not all preparations, and uh, when we get to Daf Yud Beis, we're going to, and, and even truth of the matter is even tomorrow's Daf, and Daf Gimel. So we're going to try to give a definition to the things that we can do and the things that we can't do on Yantav, even within the world of Ochel Nefesh, it will become evident already in tomorrow's Daf that just because there's a head of Ochel Nefesh doesn't, doesn't mean I can be violating every Malacha. So tomorrow's Daf, we're going to explore that in more detail. But nevertheless, on Yantiv, there's something called a heter of ochel nefesh. So one is allowed to prepare on Yantiv, even if it means that you're going to be violating malacham. So you're allowed to shecht on Yantiv. Okay, and the, uh, the meat that you're going to be eating on Yantiv is going to be much better than meat that was shechted yesterday. We, we, the, the, so, so, so you're allowed to shecht on Yantiv. So over here, we're talking about now a chicken that laid an egg. And according to Basil, the egg is also. Why? The Gemara is going to say this, but I just want to, I just want to sharpen this for, for all of us even before we go with the Gemara. So why should that be? Meaning the chicken itself is a davar achila. Now, obviously you have to shecht it, but on Yantiv, you're allowed to shecht it. So if you're allowed to shecht the egg on Yantiv, I'm sorry, if you're allowed to shecht the chicken on Yantiv, so the egg that, that, that comes out of the chicken should be just as well, should, should be just as good. It, it'd be almost no different than cutting a piece of steak, right, on, on Yantiv, and for that matter on Shabbos as well, but... Anyantiv, can you cut a piece of steak? Yeah. What, what am I doing? I'm separating food from food. Over here, if I'm allowed to eat the chicken, so I'm allowed to eat the egg. All I'm doing is just separating food from food. What's the, what, what's the big deal? So that, that's going to be the, the general structure of the Gemara's question. And at least in the first approach, so it's going to take us into the, it, 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 down the road of Moksa. So with the Gemara, with that, with, with that said, we start with the Gemara. Bimai Askinan. So what are we dealing with over here in our Mishnah? 
So let's say that the chicken is omid la meaning going into Yantiv. So this happens to be one of the chickens that we plan on eating over Yantiv. So it's what's called muchan, a term that we're going to be seeing again and again through our Masechta, and in Shabbos we already dealt with it as well, is muksa versus muchan. Muchan just simply means that it was set aside for Shabbos or for Yantiv, and so therefore it does not have the status of muksa. Muksa is that it was not set aside for Shabbos or for Yantiv, and therefore one is not allowed to, uh, one is not allowed to move it. That's the Isidurabun of Muksa. So over here, if the chicken in, uh, in, under discussion is a chicken that we planned on eating on Yantiv, so that by definition means that the chicken is not Muksa. So Maita Maita Basilo, Uchla Defrasu. So, and so then, then it's impossible to understand what is Shita's Basilo? If the chicken itself is, is food, and the egg that comes out of it is food, so that's just basically food now, uh, uh, separating from other food should be fine. So Ella, so the Gemara says, okay, so we're going to have to do the following, and that is, is that we're going to have to give some sort of explanation of our Mishnah. So as I pointed out, there are going to be four in total. So today we're going to be covering two explanations. So when, as we now embark on the first explanation of the Gemara, Ella So we're talking about where the chicken is uh, designed or set aside to lay eggs. Meaning right now, there is no plans on checking the, uh, shechting the chicken. In fact, just the opposite. We don't want to shech the chicken. In other words, right now, uh, we are, we want eggs. And so going into Yantiv, so, uh, we already established that this particular chicken is for, is for, is for its eggs. Which means now that vis-a-vis the chicken, the chicken now is muksa. So the Gemara says, okay, so if the chicken is muksa, so the egg that comes out of it is muksa as well. Right now, that's the thought process. So the Gemara says, well, wait one second. We had a machlokis in the Mishnah between Bishamai and Bezillo. So, So the Gemara says, so now, so why would Bishamai be a Mako? Meaning, if we're talking about a chicken that is set aside for egg laying, so that means that the chicken is muksa, the egg that comes out of it is muksa as well. So if that's true, so then what's behind the Shita Bishamai? So Bishamai says that it is mutter, you're allowed to eat it, but wait one second. According to this first approach of the Gemara, Chicken's muksa and the egg is muksa. So my kushas, the Gemara says, okay, so I'm not bothered. Dilma Beishamai lays muksa. So it could very well be that Beishamai doesn't subscribe to muksa. Okay, now, a brief introduction over here, because this is going to be a big part of our Masechta. And that is the general debate between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda in terms of the scope of muksa. So we know that the Chachamim were gozer muksa, both on Shabbos and on Yantiv. And so as a result of that, when something has a designation of muksa, so you're not allowed to move it. And it goes, goes without saying, you're not allowed to use it, you're not allowed to eat it, it's muksa. Okay, so with that stated, so the, so what is the scope of, what is the scope of muksa? So this becomes a major debate amongst the Tanaim, specifically between Rabbi, Shu, Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. Throughout the Gemaras, both in Shabbos here in Beitzah, so we're going to hear the expression that Rabbi Shimon lay muksa. Rabbi Shimon doesn't subscribe to muksa. Now, that, that's, that's hyperbolic. Right? It's, it, it doesn't mean that Rabbi Shimon dismisses muksa altogether. It means that Rabbi Shimon has an extraordinarily narrow scope of muksa. And the Gemara is also going to say in a number of occasions, Rabbi Huda is slay muksa. Rabbi Huda holds of muksa. So again, even though the Gemara, the way the Gemara f- phrases it, it's almost like a binary choice of whether I do or do not subscribe to muksa. But it's not like that. They both subscribe to muksa. Everybody subscribes to muksa. It's just a question of the scope. Rabbi Shimon has an extraordinarily narrow scope, and Rabbi Huda has a more expansive scope. So what the Gemara now is suggesting is, is that this machlokis in our Mishnah, meaning assuming that the issue is muksa, which is right now, that's approach number one, that the entire issue is muksa. So now the only question becomes whether or not you subscribe to muksa, the more, the broader category of muksa like Rabbi Huda, 
or you subscribe to the more narrow definition of Moksa like Rabbi Shimon. And that's what the Gemara is saying. So let's go back. Let's see in the Gemara. So Dilma Beishamai Leisel Moksa is the, I'm sorry, so that, that could very well be that Beishamai doesn't subscribe to Moksa, much like Rabbi Shimon does not subscribe to Moksa. And again, not, not subscribing means a really narrow scope of Moksa. Okay, now, of course, historically, we all know, Beishamai and Beisolel come much earlier than Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon. But it doesn't matter. Meaning the point is, is that they, they, they both subscribe to the same school of thought. So the Gemara says, now wait one second. So the Gemara says, wait one second. It's true that there is machloks between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda in terms of the scope of Muksa. And it may be correct that Beishamai and Beishalol also are straddling that same debate as Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda. That, that may all be true. But let's consider right now we're talking about an egg. Now what, what, what makes an egg unusual? So it's not just Muksa, but it's super Muksa. Now, I'm using the term super muksa. The Gemara uses a better term, obviously, than my term, and that's nolad. Nolad is something that is, now in this particular case, literally laid on Yantav. But nolad just simply means that we're talking about an entity that didn't exist prior and now came into existence, right? Like the, um, like the Gemara in Erevin said, uh, the, uh, the rain that comes on, on, on Shabbos on Yantav. So that's an example of nolad, meaning right now before Shabbos, there weren't even clouds in the vicinity. And then the clouds came, and then it started raining. So something that didn't, that did, that wasn't around before Shabbos and Yantav, and came into existence on Shabbos and Yantav. Now I say came into existence. We understand, right? Nothing comes into existence, but just simply means wasn't in our area, and now comes in, comes into our our domain. So over here, what the Gemara now is suggesting is the following: Look, I know there's a machlokus between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda by Moksa, but we're talking about an egg. Now where was the egg prior to Yantav? It wasn't here. Now, again, we, we all know, <laughs> law of conservation, right? It was here. It just happens to be that it wasn't here, meaning it wasn't present. It was inside of the mother. So what the Gemara now is entertaining is that the egg now does not fall under the general category of muksa, but the egg now falls under the super category of, of muksa called nolan. And on top of that, the Gemara is also thinking that, look, we may be debating Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda, whether we subscribe to muksa, we don't subscribe to muksa, but nolan exists in such a higher level of moksa and consider, meaning why, why would it exist on a higher level of nolad? Uh, it's obvious, but I'll just, I'll, I'll speak it out. Because when it comes to nolad, the whole idea behind moksa is, I didn't have it in mind going into Shabbos or going into Yantav. And, and, and whether or not it was mekatsumidas, not mekatsumidas, but when we're talking about something that literally wasn't here, so what better example of something which is maksumidas, something which I literally did not see, and therefore did not have in mind going into Shabbos and Yantav. So right now the Gemara thinks, no one's going to be debating about Nolad, right? So if that's true, so now we're stuck. Because if Nolad exists in the super category of Moksa, where there's not subject to a debate, so even if you're right regarding the chicken, you can't be right regarding the egg. So my time I debate Shammai. So I'm Rav Nachman, Lolam Batanagol, so I'm going him. So Rav Nachman says, okay, look, I understand what went into the question, Rav Nachman says, but here's what I'm saying. I'm saying the issue is muksa. The mother is, it, it was set aside for egg laying, not to be shafted. The mother is muksa. And as far as nolad is concerned, nolad does not exist as an independent category. Nolad is a stronger form of muksa, but when all said and done, whatever your position is on muksa, that will be your position on nolad. So if you're Rabbi, if you're Rabbi Huda and you subscribe to muksa, you subscribe to nolad. And if you're Rabbi Shimon, 
where your scope of muksa is significantly limited, same thing is true regarding nolad. Okay, so what the Gemara now of Rav Nachman is teaching us is that the machlokis between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda is not only by muksa but by nolad as well. And so now the machlokis between Shammai and Beisol in our Mishnah is going to be the same machlokis Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda. So the Gemara says, Ubei Shammai ke Rabbi Shimon, Ubei Solo ke Rabbi Huda. So Umi Amar Rav Nachman Hachibatanan. So the Gemara says, okay. So now in order to explain our Mishnah. So Rav Nachman says, it is hinging on Muksa, and it's hinging on the Machloks between Rabbi Shem and Rabbi Yehuda. So the Gemara says, well, that's really interesting. But let's consider another thing that we learned B'Shem Rav Nachman, and that's the following. So here the Gemara introduces us to a Machloks between B'Shem and B'Shem. What do I do with the shells at the end of a meal on Shabbos? So we're sitting down at the table on Shabbos, and uh, after eating the nuts, there are a bunch of shells on the table. After eating the chicken, there's a bunch of bones on the table. Now the shells and the, and the bones, so they're muksa. So now what, what, what do I do with them? So the Mishnah presents a machlokus between Beishama and Beisela. The way the, the way the machlokus is presented, Beisela says, misalik es atavla kula, uminara. What you're gonna do is you're gonna have to tilt the table. Now, it helps only a little bit, because they are then gonna fall to the floor, and what do you do then? Okay. I don't have all the solutions. But, but, but the way the Mishnah presents, Beisola says that the shells and the bones are muksa. And Beishamai says, nah, that you just simply take them off the table. No problem at all. Now that's the Mishnah. Now, Amr Rav Nachman. Now here becomes the critical part, part, and that is Rav Nachman's version of the Mishnah. So Rav Nachman says, you must flip it around. Meaning the Mishnah that you have is wrong. Rabbi, Rav Nachman says, I have my Mishnah that tells me that Beis Hillel is the one that allows you to take the shells and the bones off the table, and it's Beis Shammai who says that you can't, and that you have to f- basically tilt the table over. Now, what comes out is as follows. So when it comes to Moksa, as we've just learned together by Rav Nachman, as it relates to Shabbos, but the shells and the bones, so Beis Hillel is the Mekel. Meanwhile, in our first Mishnah here in Beitzah, in the Machlokas of an egg, an egg that's laid on Yantif, so, and if the issue is, if the issue under consideration is muksa, so Basil comes to be, out to be the machmir. And so now it's a stira within Rav Nachman's understanding of Basil. Rav Nachman in Shabbos is having Basil being the makel. Rav Nachman here in Yantiv has Basil being the machmir. That's inconsistent. That's a problem. So the Gemara says, Amlacha Rav Nachman, so Gabi Shabbos, this is Rabbi Shimon. So, Rav Nachman will tell you that when it comes to Shabbos, so the Mishnah set it up like Rabbi Shimon. Did none. How do I know that? Because we have another Mishnah in Shabbos. At the end of the Masechta. So the Mishnah says that one is allowed to cut up really tough vegetables for their animal. And also one is allowed to cut up a Nevela for their dogs on Shabbos. And as Rashi points out over here and Tosos points out over here, we're talking about where the animal becomes a Nevela on Shabbos itself. Clearly this is a perfect illustration of Muksa. And yet, according to this Mishnah, it's a Stam Mishnah in, in Shabbos. So what you're allowed to do is you're allowed to cut it off for your dog. Ay, it's Moksa? Yeah. The Mishnahis and Shabbos, the Stam Mishnahis and Shabbos, uh, have a much more limited scope of Moksa. Lesle Moksa. And so therefore it's not a problem. So Mukimla la Beisilel Karebi Shimon. And that's why, as it relates to Shabbos, so what Rav Nachman's gonna do is that he's gonna align Beisil to go like Rebbe Shimon. But as it relates to Yantif, as we turn to the Amad Beis, the Sasal Mantanak Rabbi Yehuda, now here, 
when we're learning about Mishnahs regarding Yantif, now this Mishnah we're going to be seeing later in the Masechta. Did not we learn in the Mishnah later on? We will be learning in the Mishnah later on. Let's say you have beams. The beams going into Yantav, you weren't planning on using as firewood. They were, they, were beam, they were beams for building, for construction. And now on Yantav, I need some extra firewood. Oh, okay, fine. I, I, know, I, I know we set aside those boards for construction, but let's take them. So the Mishnah says you can't. And the, and the simple explanation is because muksa. Similarly, the Mishnah talks about where you had a beam and it broke on Yantav, and now... I can't use it. I can't use it for construction. Oh, yeah, let's use it as, as, as fuel, as firewood. You can't. And the, and, and the explanation is really simple. The issue is muksa. And even though right now I can't use it for construction, but going into Yantav, going into Yantav, it was designed and planned to be used for construction. And we have a rule. Rashi over here quotes it. That migu yama. Once it's muksa during the Benishmashas period, it will be muksa for the duration of that day. So now with that stated, so now it's muksa, and therefore you can't use it. So now let's let let's let's take stock. We have a stam mishnah in Shabbos that says that we are not concerned about muksa. That's with the cutting up of the nevela for your animal. We have a stam mishnah in yantov that is concerned about muksa. That's the case of the beams and, and and using using the beams of construction for firewood, which the mishnah says you can't do. So now it's confusing, right? Stam mishnah in Shabbos is going like Rabbi Shimon. Stam mishnah in yantov is going like Rabbi Yehuda. So uh, to that, so that's exactly the Gemara's explanation. So since um, since we have Stam Mishnayos and Shabbos that are Mekel, that's why when Rabbi Yehuda, sorry, that's why when Rav Nachman sets up the Mishnah, he sets it up like Basilo. But as it relates to Yantiv, so that's why Rav Nachman sets it up like uh, like um, like um, like Rav Yehuda is going to be more Machmer. Uh, let, let's read inside. So. Um, so minakars v'lo minakars and it's Rabbi Yamtav. So mukim lala beisel k'Rabbi Yehuda. So the um, so so what Rav Nachman's doing is that Rav Nachman's setting it up where that on Shabbos. So he's going to be more mekel as it relates to muksa because we have stam mishnayos following that way, and that's why he sets up the mishnah like uh, beisel being more mekel. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to yantiv, since the stam mishnayos and yantiv are more machmer by muksa, so that's why Rav Nachman's going to set up the mishnah to go uh, to to have beisel being the more machmer. So the Gemara says, now wait one second. What we've done now is we've successfully explained why Rav Nachman is going to be, uh, is going to have a split decision as it relates to Shabbos versus Yantav. Because what Rav Nachman's doing is he's basically, he's reading the terrain. He's looking at Mishnayis and Shabbos and he's looking at Mishnayis and, and Beitzah. And, he, and he's noting, right, that the Mishnayis and Shabbos are mekel as it relates to Moksa. The Mishnayis and Yantav are machmer as it relates to Moksa. So all Rav Nachman is doing is he's just, he's reading the room. That's great. And that's why, uh, when setting up, uh, Shita's Beis Hillel, so that's why, when it comes to Yantav, he'll set him up as being a Machmer. That's why, when setting up Beis Hillel, as it relates to, uh, as it relates to, uh, wait, I'm sorry, let's, let's do that again. When he sets up Beis Hillel by Yantav, he'll, be, he'll have him being a Machmer. And when he sets up Beis Hillel, as it relates to Shabbos, he'll have him being a Mako. So the Gemara says, so in that regard, so I understand what Rav Nachman's doing. But the Gemara says, but what I would like to do is I would like to kick the question down the road, or I should say better, up the road. And that is uh, the, the Baal HaMishnayos, the Misader HaMishnayos, meaning that, that's strange. We know Rabbi Huda Anasi is responsible for organizing the Mishnayos, organizing the Mishnayos, editing the Mishnayos. I'll show you Rashi in just a moment. So now it comes out to be a little bit strange, meaning, so I understand what Rav Nachman's doing. What's, what's Rabbi Huda Anasi doing? And that's the Gemara's next question. So... 
uh, the um, Michde. Man stamin lamasisen Rebbe. So who is the who is the Masad der Mishnayos? So that's Rebbe Yehuda Nasi. So Maishan Mishabes the Sasam Lan Kerebi Shimon and Maishan Biyamtav the Sasam Lan Kerebi Yehuda. Oh, so Rebbe Yehuda Nasi. So obviously responsible for writing Stam Mishnayos. Then we know we 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 go through this numerous times. So when there's a Stam Mishnah, so that's a tell. That's a, that's a tip off, right? Rav, Yoch, Rav Yochanan throughout Shas says that the halacha is Kistam Mishnah. So the, obviously when Rav Yehuda is intentionally leaving a Mishnah unassigned, a, an anonymous position, it's because he's giving more impo- importance and significance to that position. So I don't understand, says the Gemara. So in Beitzah, in our Mishnah over here in Beitzah, so we have a Stam Mishnah. Well, the first Mishnah is not Stam Mishnah, but the Mishnah later on regarding, regarding the, the boards of construction. That's a Stam Mishnah. And there Rabbi Yehuda Nasi says, you know what? Ah. We'll have that mission going like Rabbi Shimon. And meanwhile, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda, sorry. So the, uh, our, our, our mission is going to go like Rabbi Yehuda. And meanwhile, when it comes to the Stam Mishnah and Shabbos, so that's going to be going like Rabbi Shimon. So what's, what's Rabbi Yehuda Nasi thinking? So Amre, so the Gemara says like this, I'll tell you what he's thinking. Shabbos, the Chamire, Velo Asila Zazuleba, Sasam Lak Rabbi Shimon, the Mekel. Yomtov, the Kilva Asila Zazuleba, Sasam Lak Rabbi Yehuda, the Machmer. So the Gemara says that, yeah, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, actually splits his decision regarding Muksa. Meaning, of course, we know the machlux between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. And we, of course, know that Rabbi Yehuda is the machmer and Rabbi Shimon is the mekel. As far as Rabbi Yehuda Nasi is concerned, so he splits the decision. Look, when it comes to Shabbos, so Shabbos already is a day which is really chamur. Uh, there is no heter of malacha on Shabbos. Um, there is no... Uh, the chomer the the isra on Shabbos means that if one violates Shabbos, we're subject to skila. So Shabbos already is built, built, built on machmer. So Rabbi Huda Nasi says, okay. So as it relates to Muksa, being that there's a range of position as it relates to Muksa, so you know what Rabbi Huda Nasi decided? So over here, when it comes to Shabbos, where it's already standing as a more chomer entity, so therefore by Muksa, we're going to be more mekel. Ah. But when it comes to Yantav, or Yantav, there are a lot of heterim. First of all, the chomer is of Yantav, it's not a chay, it's not a chiv skila. One violates Yantav, it's Malkus. So the, and on top of that, you have all these heterim on Yantav. So you're allowed to cook, you're allowed to shech, then you're allowed to do all types of heterim for ochel nefesh. So in order to counterbalance yantiv, because once you're involved in all these heterim on yantiv, so one would, one would, one would imagine that if, if, if there, if yantiv already starts off as a more relaxed position, so then people will just be even more relaxed than what's allowed. So that's why to counterbalance yantiv, so Rabbi Huda Nasi said, you know what? By yantiv, stam mishnayos are going to be going like Rabbi Huda. Okay. Which sounds like, in other words, the Gemara, the simple understanding now of the Gemara is that, I'm not talking about the halacha psuk, I'm not talking about the, uh, the accepted halacha, but within the shita of Rabbi Huda Nasi, so basically what he did is that he weighed Shabbos versus Yantav, noted the discrepancy of the Chomer Hayom of Shabbos versus Yantav, and therefore since there's a range of position within Muksa, so he basically said, look, Shabbos doesn't need any support, doesn't need backup, so therefore we're going to be more mekel. Yantiv, however, that needs more support and needs more backup. So therefore, we're going to be more machmir on the front of Muksa. That's the way the Gemara presents it in terms of Shitas Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. Okay. Where do we stand right now? So we are wrapping up our first approach in the Gemara vis-a-vis what is the, um, um, what is, what is the correct understanding of our Mishnah? Let's recap. Our Mishnah said the neg, that fled on Yantiv, it is Asr, uh, it is Asr Ba'achila according to Shittas Be'i The question stands to reason. Why should that be? Why should it be Asr Ba'achila? 
So Rav Nachman's understanding is that the mother in question is not something that you were playing on eating over Yantif, but it is muksa. It was designed legado beitzim. It was designed to, to lay eggs. The mother's muksa. The egg that comes out is muksa as well. I Beisham is a mako. Ah, he's, he's, he's more mako in muksa in general. So that's, a, that's, that's, the, that's the approach. And then the problems within the approach is ironing out the shitas of Beisham and Beisila as they're found over here, as they're found in the Mishnayos in, 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 in Shabbos. So, and, and, and notably, Rav Nachman, so he sets up Beisila as it relates to Shabbos. He sets, he sets up Beisil to be a mekel. As it relates to uh, Yantav, he sets up Beisil to be a machmer. And the Gemara notes that Rabbi Yehuda Anasi basically did the same maneuver in terms of Stam Mishnayos. And so to which the Gemara says, okay. So what we're going to say is, is that both Rabbi Yehuda Anasi and Rav Nachman, so they split their decision in terms of Muksa as it relates to Shabbos and as it relates to Yantav. Good. All that is the first approach. Um, Bimayu Kimte. So the Gemara says, okay, so now let's just think about this a little bit more. So the mother was designed uh, to be, uh, to, to lay eggs, which means that the mother is muksa. So the Gemara says, well, why, why don't we do the following? If the whole issue is muksa, why are we having a discussion of the egg? Uh, shouldn't we just simply be having a discussion regarding the mother? Uh, right, according to According to Beit Shammai, uh, the mother, you're allowed to shecht anyantiv. Aye, it was set aside, it was designed for egg laying. Okay, so what? Beit Shammai is more a mako as it relates to muksa. And Beit will tell you no. Once the, once the mother goes into the yantiv being a muksa, uh, being set aside for egg laying and not for, and not for shechting, so you, you, you can't shecht the mother. In other words, if the whole issue is muksa over here, why are we talking about the egg? Talk about the mother. So the Gemara says, Lo dicha kochen de Beit Shammai, de benola chari. So the Gemara says, yeah, but what, what, what the Mishnah gets to do by talking about the egg is it gets to show a flex vis-a-vis the sheet of Beishamai. How Mekel is Beishamai? Beishamai is not only Mekel as it relates to the mother, Beishamai is also Mekel as it relates to the egg as well. And again, go back to what we saw in the Amad Aleph of today's daf. You could have made an argument that maybe an egg is like a super muksa. And so therefore we're going to be more machim as it relates to the egg. So that's the, that, that's the reason why the Mishnah talked about the egg. So the Gemara says, okay, so the Gemara says, okay, why don't we do the same thing uh, and just simply flex in the direction of Beisilo? Meaning Beisilo is a machmir. Meaning you're so, you're so excited about showing off a, a, a more lenient position. Why aren't you excited about showing off a more machmir position? So the So the Gemara says, and I know your answer to this question. The answer, your answer to this question is, is because what's the stronger flex? Flexing on a cooler or flexing on a chumrah? The stronger flex is, is a kula, not a chumrah. Rashi over here writes, right? I, I, there's the, I told you I was going to read the earlier Rashi, and I didn't. Okay, I, I apologize. But Rashi over here writes, Rashi writes, Tov lo lashmienu, koach divrei ha, hamatir, shu somech alshmoso, veinu yarela hatir. Avakochaz, osrim enu raya, shahakol yecholam lahachmir. Right, Rashi's language over here is so strong. Right, and who could be machmir? Anyone could be machmir. Meaning, if you don't know what the Allah is, okay, so... Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll play it safe and you'll be machmir. Anyone can be machmir. But someone who's mekel, and when I say someone, what we really, of course, mean is someone who's responsible, who's a mekel. Responsible means he knows Allah and he really takes care in terms of how to paskin. So when someone's responsible as paskining and he's being mekel, it means that he knows Allah. So the, so the Gemara says, I, I, I know what you want to say. The, 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 the flexing of kula is a much stronger flex. The Gemara says, I'm with you. But vanifla bitarvayu. 
So, but here's what you could have easily done. And that is, is that with one additional word, you could have explained that the machlok between Beit and Beit is going both on the chicken and on the egg. Tanagol Samel Zagata Beitzim, he u Beitzasa, Beit Shammai Armin Tochel, Beit Sela Armin Lotochel. Okay. So really what the Gemara is bothered by is that if the entire issue is muksa, so why is the Mishnah just so focused on the egg? It sounds like the egg is a critical component over here. There's some variable in the egg that makes it the point of discussion. But if the issue is muksa, well, the egg is not the center of attention. As much as the egg is an issue, the mother's an issue as well. And it would only cost the Mishnah one additional word to teach me that they're, that they're arguing both on the egg and on the mother as well. Okay, so, so when all said and done, we, we just went through most of today's daf and, and exploring the shita of Rav Nachman. But when all said and done, Rav Nachman's position is a little bit difficult because why the focus on the egg? Ella Amar Rabbalah so the, uh, so the government, we're now going to go start the second approach. And that is the truth of the matter is, is that the chicken in discussion, the hen, is really designed to be eaten. Meaning that the mother is not moksa. We planned on eating the mother over yantif. So over yantif And it happens to be that our Mishnah is talking about where it was yantif immediately after Shabbos. Omishum hachana. And, and, and the issue over here is, is that it violates the Isser of achana. Now we also have to work in the following biological fact, which is, is that when the egg is laid today, it was finished yesterday. Meaning the egg became a completed entity 24 hours earlier. So if the egg is laid on Yantiv, and it's a Yantiv that immediately followed Shabbos, and an egg that's laid today was finished yesterday, so that means that the preparation of the egg was done on Shabbos. And... And Rabba has a drasha, and it certainly sounds like from the Gemara. This is a drasha in a Torah that in order to have a Shabbos meal, it must be it must be prepared during a weekday. In order to have a yantav meal, it must be prepared during a weekday. Now I know it's 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 a it's a little bit confusing because on yantav you're allowed to cook. Right, and and we're going to be spending a good part of our masechta talking about how you're allowed to cook on yantiv, and and the idea now that according to Rabbah, you must prepare before yantiv. What, what do you, what do you mean you must prepare before yantiv? You have to have everything cooked before yantiv. You're allowed to cook on yantiv. That's a heter that's given in the Torah. You're allowed to cook on yantiv. So what's Rabbah talking about? So as Rashi points out over here, really the intent of Rabbah is this idea that of course you're allowed to cook on yantiv. Rabbah's not arguing with that. It just happens to be that anything we plan on using on yantiv must be designed and assigned on a weekday. So in other words, you have to point to that and say that that is intent on being used on Yantav. And that designation must be done on Echol, must be done on a weekday. So what you're, what you're lacking now is that when it's Yantav and Shabbos back-to-back, and it doesn't matter which one's which, so when it's Yantav and Shabbos back-to-back, and an egg is laid on day two, and day number one is not a weekday, it's a, it's a Shabbos, so you, what you fail, what you lacked on is that is, is that, is that designation, designation during a weekday. That is the, that, that is the din of Rabbah, and that's the issue over here. So now the obvious question. This, I'm sorry, this din of Rabbah of, of Achana only works when it's Shabbos followed by Yantav, or when it's Yantav followed by Shabbos. What if it's Yantav by itself? So, and the egg was finished when? One day earlier? A day earlier is Chol. So, so, so that should be allowed under those circumstances. So the Gemara says, yeah, Gzerim Mishum Yantav Achar Shabbos. So the Gemara says, yeah, you're right. But, 
but be because of the possible Torah violation when Yantiv and Shabbos go back to back. So even if it's Yantiv by itself, so the Chachamim made a buffer. It's called the Gzeira. So the Gemara says, Shabbos to Amatishtare. Well, what about if it's Shabbos by itself? So the Gemara says, Gzeira Mishim Shabbos Achayantiv. So again, the same answer of the Gemara over here. It's Gzeira, it's a buffer. Umiga Zrinavatanya, the Gemara says, really? Gzeira? What about the following? We learned in a brisa. Let's say the hen on Yantiv. And you discover eggs inside of it. And, and they're finished already. And later in the Masechta, we're going to talk about an interesting discussion a couple of days from now. Uh, we're going to talk about at what point in the, at time does the eggs become parv, right? An egg is a parv entity. So in other words, when, when is that? When it's laid? Even before it's laid? So, uh, if I remember correctly. So we're going to discuss that. So anyway, but if you shech the hen on Yantiv and you find eggs inside of it, mutaros So you're allowed to eat them. So the Gemara says, look, if you're talking about Gzeira, so isn't this a perfect example to make a Gzeira? Meaning if I end up eating the eggs that I found in a shechted hen, so won't it come to me eating the eggs laid by the hen? Not, not by the same hen, obviously. So the Gemara says, yeah, but that's something which is not common. It's not a common occurrence. And so therefore, there's no reason uh, that we should make a in those circumstances because something that is uncommon, unusual, the Chachamim don't make a Okay, good. So that's why the, in that, in that, in that circumstance, in that situation, the Chachamim did not make a gzera. Okay, this takes us now to the end of the first two approaches of the Gemara. And let's quickly review. Our Mishnah taught us that an egg on Yantiv is also according to Beisela. An egg laid on Yantiv is going to be something that we're not allowed to eat, we're not allowed to use, uh, we're not, we're, we're not allowed to get any benefit from. Okay, it's also. Now, why? Good, good question. Right, right now, two, two answers that are provided in our Gemara today. One of Rav Nachman, the other of Rabbah. Rav Nachman's answer, it's a muksa issue. The, um, and, and we know that there's a major machlokus between Tanayim, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Huda in terms of the scope of muksa. And so that machlokus between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda really is our machlokus in our Mishnah between Beit Shammai and Beit To which the Gemara says, look, it's a it's a good approach. The problem is, why is our Mishnah focusing on the egg? Meaning, if, if really the issue is muksa, so then the focus of the Mishnah should be both on the egg and on the mother as well. Okay. So that becomes a problem. A, uh, it, the Gemara doesn't necessarily reject Rav Nachman's approach, but it's, it, it's difficult. The second approach of today's daf is the sheet of Rabbah, where Rabbah introduces us to this Isser of Hachana, something that is going to be enjoyed on Yantav and on Shabbos, must be muchan on a yom chol. Has to be prepared on a weekday. Based on a pasuk regarding the man, the man was prepared on a weekday, so therefore anything enjoyed on Shabbos and must be prepared on a weekday. We know that an egg laid is prepared 24 hours in advance, meaning it's finished, it's a completed product 24 hours earlier, and when I have Shabbos and Yantav coming back to back, and the egg is laid on one of those days, so that means that it was muchan not on a yom chol, but rather on a, on, on a yom kodesh. And that's a failure of achana. That's the, that's the din of Rabbah. And the Gemara says, okay, but what if it's Shabbos by itself? What if it's Yantav by itself? And he says, you're right. Under those circumstances, in of itself, it, it wouldn't be a problem. But Xera, once we get comfortable with eating eggs that are laid on Yantav in of itself, so then we're not going to be able to distinguish between Yantav by itself and Yantav after Shabbos. So the Chachamim and Xera. The Gemara talked about how far the, the Xera is going to extend only when the egg is, uh, only when the egg is laid. If you shech the hen and the, uh, the eggs that are inside, are not going to be included in the gzera. Why? It's a most of